podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Football whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, we'll take it seriously. We're only bugging. Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. I'm delighted to say if you sign up and play the football pools and get four games absolutely free, all you have to do is go to bit.ly forward slash United Pools to do that very thing. Our brand new iPhone app has been updated and is absolutely free at the iTunes store. It's a thing of beauty with all your shows there, videos, news, etc. Download it and leave us a nice review. Why don't you join us on Facebook and get all the links for iTunes and Twitter by going to uh, us here at uh, whistleblowers.com. Um, and, of course, the beauty of, the, of, of doing that is, is that you'll be able to find out what my guests think about what's been going on during the week. And what's been going on during the week is stuff at various different levels. Interpretation of football in, on many, uh, in many ways, because Stephen Gerrard is right there in the middle of it all. Dan Trelfar joins us now. Our Hi. QPR man, um, of course, last time he was here... Most of the times he's been on here before, he's had to try and to, to try and suppress his angst because Harry Redknapp was in charge of his football club. Now Harry Redknapp's not in charge of your football club. Yep, and we're we're, we're still losing, but I'm much. <laughs> put the, so put the two together. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's it's good. Uh, we're 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 obviously going to go down. I accepted that weeks ago. I didn't really accept it on Sunday when we were. Presented with quite a nice chance to get back in amongst the pack. And, and chose not to accept it. it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It just went, no, do you know what? We're good. We're, we're happy to go down. I think that's what they said. Um, really? He said this is the official line? That's what it seemed to be. Oh, OK, them. fine. Um, yeah, because we got back into the game. Uh, very, very much looked like we were going to win it and then went, oh, no, no tell you what. That's not the vibe you'll find just a little bit further up the country in the Midlands area... Where Mr. Chris Dolan, of course, keeps his Aston Villa team. Life's got sexy up there since Mr. Well, Tim Sherwood has pitched up there with his haircuts, his attitude, and his sleeveless, puffy coat. People call it um, arrogance. I just call it confidence. You know, there's, there's a difference. Um, well, there, there is a difference if it's based on something. The confidence. Well, Do you think it you is? Know, he, he captain Blackburn to the Premier League title. Um, you know, and I think people sort of sort of say. Oh, he isn't. He isn't sort of uh, tactically um, on the ball, but you know he's played the game for fifteen, twenty years. Football isn't science. You know it should be simple. You know he's got a good. You know he, he did very well at Spurs. He's done pretty well at us so far. He's got fifty fifty percent win ratio. Um, you know what? What's all this about? Sort of he hasn't got. He hasn't quite got the the, the tactics and and you know the longevity of of being a great manager. But here's the point, and this is, this is where this conversation... We, we need to talk about this because it's the right part of the season. All of that means nothing at the moment. The only thing that matters now is this idea of new manager syndrome. Now, it, the, I, th- I think, first of all, Dan, I'd suggest that the old-fashioned idea that the honeymoon period is basically new man comes in, guaranteed points, is gone. Because you don't see that specifically. But what you do see is you do see changes within football clubs. Yeah, I think, um, 
I think I think actually there was a study done on the new manager syndrome. Really, was there? Yeah, there was, and it, and it's nonsense. By who? Reading Polytechnic. I'm going to guess. Like that. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's, it's it's a bit like the uh, you know there was also a study done on the you know the manager's curse when you were manager of the month, which is also rubbish. It's uh, it's about it's about most most managers in fact win their first game off. Is it the same one that like how many cat if you drop a cat enough times or a buttered piece of bread? Yeah. It's basically that kind of yeah. research. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, no, I think I think a new manager can come in and and, and change things. So like Sherwood, I think, has slightly changed things. I've got things a bit better at QPR yeah. for us. Um, it's got worse, things, isn't it? Well, it, it has got... It, well, it's got worse in terms of results, but... <laughs> in many ways, Chris, but in some ways. I mean, it's all relative. We were, going, <laughs> we, were, we were going down anyway. I mean, we might have got a couple more points under Redknapp. I'm not convinced we would have done. Um, we, won, we, won, we certainly won an away game uh, in, in his first... Your his theory first. being that Chris Ramsey is, 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 a, is a smart appointment for what will be the future rather than the knee-jerk attempt to try and save the day? My feeling is that uh, Tim Sherwood was an expensive option and the club... Because it was close. It yeah. was definitely close, wasn't it, yeah, Sherwood? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely close. I think it was an expensive option. That's what that's my understanding. See, if you're paying, if you've got, like, you know, Ferdinand on the bench on 95 grand a week, doing nothing... You need some more expensive yeah. options, don't you? Yeah. Surely, I, yeah. I think, yeah. I, I think in the end, they probably accepted... Because the transfer window had gone. They didn't, they didn't um, let Redknapp spend more money on more rubbish. So um, I think they probably accepted they were going to go down. And mm. they just went, there's no point spending a load of money on Sherwood because we'll probably go down anyway. And then we spent a lot of money on someone who maybe isn't the right man for the job. I don't think Sherwood particularly wanted the job because... No. If we go down, we're probably going to have a big FFP fine, and he might not That's have a, he might not have a budget in the summer. Yeah, they're waiting for the FA. Suddenly, are waiting for you, aren't they? Exactly, and suddenly his career could look pretty terrible through no fault of his own. So um, yeah, but anyway, sorry to go back to manager bounce. It's fifty-fifty. I don't think Dig Africa's going to have a big impact at some. Well, that's the thing. You, for you, example, you look around. I mean, we'll start in the Premier League now because, of course. There's, there's an argument about this, which I think is somewhat slightly different down the leagues, and that has been proven during the course of this season as well. But, Chris, again, Sherwood comes in. Sherwood, and as you say, you know, there's something... I think most people think there's something about him. And if this something about him thing gets you safe, then that'll be great. Then he gets two years, does he? And then suddenly the, suddenly the thing that is the something about him ceases to be that mm. because he's got two whole glorious years I don't think it contracts, was to be normal I don't think contracts mean anything nowadays I think if you well they do if you they give, do because they cost you money or yeah, cost but, you club money but I mean we, we give Paul Lambert a new three year deal after that's we, true you know <laughs> and that and that's that, you know it, it, it got it got that bad um, after, the, after the whole game that something had to be done and um, it couldn't have got any worse for us it was dreadful absolutely dreadful I mean we scored 12 goals all season under his tenure. Embarrassing, like, you know. Okay, and so then we, so score, we score four in 44 minutes against Sunderland. It was against Sunderland. Away. That's, that's and even we, we being Sunderland. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, we, 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 we pretty much double our, our away goals tally in 44 minutes. Right, so, so Bounce is working at your place. Now, what do you think he's done? Because, of course, it's the, it's, this is the part where the, the, the argument gets a bit fuzzy. He's got the same people to work with, yeah. of course. Yeah. 
And I, I, I'm not arguing for or against it because I'm going to give you plenty of examples where this is happening yeah. down the divisions and it is working. Yeah. So what does he do, do you think, when he goes think, in there and does, and does what sport, he does? I think sport's all kind of... I think you perform on, on how confident you're feeling. It's, yeah. all, about, it's all about mentality, I think. If you can... I mean, I think football fans, we're, we're, we're a pretty simple bunch. We just want someone to come out after a game and go, that was rubbish, that was good. We don't want someone to kind of pussyfoot round a 5 0 defeat. Like, you know, we found Lambert always, he just, he backed the players, he, 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 he kind of wrapped them in cotton wool and it was, it was never their fault. But, you know, come out after the game and go, they were garbage. It's kind of like that. It's, you know, we just want to hear from our manager the kind of talk that we talk, you know, in the pub pre-game. It's it, like, but keep it, it is, simple. It is like the bubble has to burst up because that's never going to happen. Was they've got to keep it internalised? You you can't have you, they can't go around calling everybody out. They'll try every now and then matches, won't they? Every now and then they'll be taxing, you know they'll name names because they think that might get a sort of like a, a bump out of them. Doesn't quite work. So in the end, the best managers never come out and blame the players. I don't think. Not in the like, they well, can't never, do it. Never, they, you know, they, or, at least at least you have to kind of take a collective responsibility and say you know we were awful, but. Which occasionally happens. Well, yeah, people, you're right. People but a bit give, more honesty you want. Well, people yeah, give definitely. Sherwood stick after the, uh, the the Chelsea game last year for Spurs, but I think it galvanised them. And he and he never really named names. He never named, he, he never pinpointed. Um, I think those. I just think those those things are short term gains. I would you, you very much. You you. I think you very quickly lose the trust of players. Well, that, but there's the point. But yeah, but sometimes this and this is kind of where we're at. You get the incendiary launch of a new man comes mm. in who can use that to his advantage. I will take, and I'm not necessarily saying this is not going to be, you know, his, his future is going to be bleak for him. But Pardew at, at Palace is, is must be the prime yeah. example of this little crew. You look at that Palace team now, Dan, and, and you're looking at a bunch of fellas that you go like, why did these boys ever struggle? Look at them go! Look at them go over the ball! They're, they're, you can't stop them. They're, they're an exciting team. They were not that same side under Neil Warnock, of course, wasn't it? No. Do you no. remember Neil Warnock? You remember Neil Warnock? I'm, you know, I'm, QPR fans are one of the few fans left in the country, I think, who quite like Neil Warnock. But, um, yeah, I think, apologies. You know, I, I was talking to Palace fans. I went to the, the QPR Palace game the other week and I talked to Palace fans for a long time afterwards and they're... I think they sort of like Warnock, but they, he, they don't think he could ever do the job. And Pardew, they said, what Pardew's done is he's taken the defensive solidity that Jerry Francis and Tony Pulis put in there, but giving them some licence to go forward and, and, you know, and giving them some freedom. And the fact is, they've is, got... Is he actually almost... I think he's also actually picking players that weren't being picked. Yes. I mean, you know, there's no... But, you know, exciting go-at-it well, football. Well, I mean, would, also, would you, Glenn... Would you play football under... under uh, well, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, but, but, but his track record says that it, that it, sh- it could and should be done. Is it, there's the... This is, it's almost part of the same conversation on this one here. It's, it, if you look at it as, as well, let's go back to Sunderland then, Chris, yeah. on that. Advocate, you know, it, obviously, you know, he, he, he's always wanted to come down and play in the Premier League. You know, he, he understood at Rangers, he speaks the language perfectly well. I saw that team against West Ham. They were not, there's not, not, not a lot wrong going on there. No. The way that he had them going, you know, they pressed us. Mm. I think he changed a few of the players as well. He has, you know, there's yeah. a squad. There's 24 blokes you're going to pick from yeah. in, in, in a Premier League football team. You know, probably all about as good as each other. Yeah. 
But I still suspect he's not going to be the man who actually does that. No. He's going to do well, the job. He's, I mean, he's, he's got a, a contract until, until the end of the season, but I think it's bizarre getting in a manager who has never managed in the, in, in the Premier League. You want somebody like, uh, well, obviously, like a, like a Tony Pulis or a, a Sam Allardyce, someone who knows that, that division. I think it's, it's a little bit... Of a panic buy, I think. A bit of a Felix McGath yeah, feel. Exactly. <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful McGath. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit of a, it's a, it's a definitely a Felix McGath part Although two. Although he's, he's obviously a good manager, you know, he's doing very well in Germany. Well, he's a manager. But there is an argument that says that basically there should be blokes out there as managers who who are sitting there a little bit like um, uh, John White Red Adair. When you want, you, you need you, you know, John Wayne played him in the film, didn't he? You know, when you when you when your oil fire starts in an oil field, he comes on and puts the fire out for you. Mm. Fellas who can come in and do two months of graft for you. But this is... But the Which happens is, a lot in Italy, I think. There's a lot of managers that will, you know, because managers change even faster there than they do But we here. can't do the culture of that here, can we? Because, no. of course, it's, it's like with Chris, you know, Tim Sherwood comes in, he does the job. He's, he's the future for the next five years. Yeah, I mean... Six I, months down the line, who I knows? Don't, I don't think Sherwood will be manager of Italy in 18 months. I do. do you not? I do. No, I, I, I definitely That's do. That's interesting. I do. I think it's, it's about time we had some... Stability. I mean, under under Lambert, it was kind of. I mean, we could we could go on all night here. I mean, I don't even know where to start about Aston Villa. Um, but you know, on the sort of short and sweet basis that Lerner wants to sell up and he should sell up, and it's time to move on. But um, I think Sherwood is is the kind of guy that that we need. He he, he reminds me of of John Gregory. He just came in and and you know John came in back in ninety. 97, and I believe John. I mean, I was. Wait, Gregory was born to run, as we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 John. Yeah, but you know, he won. uh, Did he win like 12 out of his out of his uh, 13 games and got us into Europe? Yeah, but you talk about John Gregory, who also went down to Crawley. And, and it couldn't work. So this is the weird thing about trying to hire managers, isn't it? There's not a lot of guarantee about it, is there? Um, can I, gentlemen, um, I, I just, before we move on, I just want to quick mention here, because I, I did say, you know, if you go down the divisions, patently um, it's a weapon that is being used. Sean Derry mm. was used last year at Notts County. He, he just got sacked. He was the longest-serving manager they had there in four years. And how long seven. 14 months? About that, yeah, exactly. But they've got Paul Hart in there, you know, who's come up from there. In other, but, but Is that who he's been replaced Paul Hart yeah. has come up Are you from, kidding me? from the, from I the, didn't aca- from the academy. I know, from the academy. But the point is, though, if you looked at, uh, having, you know, worked in that area, you, you look down the divisions, you nick two games, you're out of there. Exactly. Well, I mean, look at... See, it's that, it's that at, specific. It's funny, isn't it? Because they always used to say, oh, it's the Premier League where the managers go faster and faster. But, and, then, and then suddenly it was the Championship. I, mean, it was, I think a season or two ago, there was about half the Championship managers yeah. by Christmas or something. And it's going lower and lower I don't think there's now. anyone... I don't think there's anyone left in the bottom three divisions who started, their, started the season. And I exaggerate for effect. Yeah. Can, I, can I kind of uh, move this point on to the whole sort of dyke situation about um, if you if he wants to play English players um, you know managers don't get time they, they don't get enough time so they they're not going to risk their jobs to play academy players play it's a good idea players. I, well, let's talk about it because let me just lay think, out some of this great dyke yeah, it's, it's, it's a master plan and I'll tell you what I, I, the thing I'll give great dyke is that he's, had a, he's having a go he's having a go at least, you, yeah. at least there's something there that sounds like He's looked at it, analysed it, thinks he can do something about it. And these are kind of some of the broad strokes on it, Dan. And uh, obviously, Chris picked up as well. Uh, we're not stopping outstanding. We're just stopping bog standard, he says. 
Uh, the idea is to get kids in from a certain age, that is, is to lower that age group now. He's not talking about English footballers being excluded. He doesn't mean it in that kind of slightly awkward sense. It's kids who have kind of grown up and been part of English football that he wants to be there. His implication being, and this is the point that Chris makes there, is that the best football teams in your league will provide the best players for the international team. Ergo. There's a lot of ergo about this. Mm. We know about ergo in terms of the other countries. Do we think it's going to work in a Premier League because of this classic contradiction between having a, a league which is blood and thunder and thoroughly exciting and the best brand you'll sell mm. across the world and success at international level? It's really hard. I think everything everything he says is right, but but this is still going to get past the twenty Premier League clubs, and it probably won't. Um, and probably the probably the EU as well. <laughs> well, no, enough. because the EU is it's, it's non EU players, isn't it? He's not he's not restricting any EU players. It's non EU players is his is his yeah, focus. That's his th- that's his theory, yeah, which exactly I think right. is fair enough. And and and. Um, I know, you know, from speaking before that Chris is going to say that the, the young English players aren't good enough. But I think Greg Dyke's point is that if you give them the chance and if you're forced to give them a chance, then you will start to produce so, better but players. So, but there's, there's, the too point, money, there's too much money involved. There's too, too much involved. You're also right with that. Yeah, the, 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 the phrase would be you create a false playing exactly. field for want of a better metaphor, exactly. obviously. But if you go down that route, though, I'll just ask this to have If you go down that route, Chris, if you do say, like, solid, we're just going to do this. We're going to do this for 10 years. Let's see if it actually does work. But I think it's been going on for a long time. I mean, you know, I was sort of thinking back to over the years. Like, you look at Milner, came on at 16 years old. Rooney, um, Michael Owen. You got Kane. You got that guy, Joe Miss. There's, there's been a lot of players over the years who have had a chance. But for one reason or the other, they either haven't been good enough or they've had an injury. So it isn't like it's never been tried before. I think, And I think you look back at previous England managers and they were fearful that, you know, you had this England spine of, um, of David James and John Terry and Frank Lampard and, and, and they, ne- they, they, they didn't have the guts to, to, to put away from that because they were getting paid. Like, you look at, you look at um, uh, who was the old England manager, Capello, Five and a half million quid a year. Yeah, is, 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 is he going to risk that with, no, with young, with young, he, with young gonna, players? He has no ten-year plan. Yes, you know well, exactly. He's, he's, he's exactly. got what's in front of him, which is exactly. two years, isn't it? Yeah. The so, other, the other, the other sort of you know slightly counterpoint to it is is it, is, is the problem not that uh, getting English players into first teams in the Premier League is it that English players don't go to play abroad? Well, that because was, Spain, mm. when Spain started winning stuff was when their players started to come to play in England. A couple of them played, you know, in other countries as well. Like, you know, Xabi Alonso and, and um, Torres. They, all, they came to play in Fabregas. Which, and, mm. which have obviously haven't quite realised their potential. But Belgium, Belgium have a, well, well, a you scary look, you team at Belgium, on paper. You look at that Belgium yeah. Cup squad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but then again, do you argue saying, ah, but if, they, if, if eight, ten of them were playing in the Belgium League, which I don't even know what he's called... Hmm. Actually, now I'm saying this out loud, I can't even bother to finish the point because what I'm going to say is if they're all playing together in the Belgium League, would there be a better international side for it? The answer is, of course, no. Mm. I think the point about this is is, is, there is no strict formula for success, is there here? I mean, as I say, back to the point that Greg, what he's at least doing is saying, well, I'm going to try one anyway. 
because because there's no he's got there's no previous around the world. Yeah. No template you can no. copy. Is there? I think I think Dag's having a go and he's 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 going to present this thing to the media as planned. But I think over the years, I think English young English players have been given a chance, and I just don't believe. I think it, I think it all stems from grassroots. I just don't believe that yeah, it does. And in the end, it's down to the clubs. And, exactly. and and you look at Barcelona and what Barcelona did under Johan Cruyff was they went, I don't care when the, when the child was born, I don't care how yeah. big he is, I don't care how thin he is, we're getting the best players, the best footballers are allowed in our academy. Well, they, right? Yeah. Paid. And here, and the stat, is, the stat is clear, if you're born in sort of something between about April and August, you'll never play for England because you'll never get picked at any level. Because you're in the wrong up, part of your school. Because you're too, yeah, you're too small and you're, and you're not that's fit, right. you know. That's and true. so... And I, I believe that's the, ar- that's the arrogance of the English. Exactly. It's, and yeah. you're just arrogance. going, we'll just pick the biggest players and the fastest players yeah. and the strongest players. And how many players have we lost who are good Young, you know, good players who were exactly just right. too small. I agree. Yeah, and didn't didn't Barca pay for Messi's treatment? <clears throat> exactly. He was, so, he was so small. He was so they small. paid a lot of money for his treatment to to. to it's it's build very him strange up and, how exactly. we haven't worked out that size isn't everything. You know, in that simple no. term, isn't it? Because of course, even the Germans. I mean, you know, you, you tend to think of the Germans as sort of, sort of these Teutonic monsters that are walking around the beach. That wasn't the case as well. They got their, they got their little footballers in there who do That's the damage. Football, like, yeah, exactly. But Germany changed. Germany changed. Yeah. They? they were awful in Euro 2000. You know, like we beat Germany in Euro yeah, 2000. Yeah. And we were terrible. They were terrible. But you know and they, what I and think? they changed everything. And they went back and they went back to youth and they looked for the best footballers. But the English, the English believed that, that it was their 5-1 victory in Germany that made Germany change to be the team they are, and that's... Could have been true. Well, that was Klinsmann's that's, argument, that's the, that's the arrogance of it. Like, it's like, come on, you know, like... But they gave, they gave it to Klinsmann. They gave Germany to Klinsmann. They gave the whole of German football mm. to Jürgen Klinsmann, who changed it from the bottom upwards, didn't he? So mm. it worked that way. Funnily enough, on that note, the, if, if, this is all, if this is an issue, you then... Hang on a sec. Is, is the point there that... We all talk about, you know, we even mentioned it before we, we did this podcast, that we don't really care that much about national, top, national sides. Well, and is gonna prob- be a, that isn't going to be a problem if you try and force this idea through. Is the problem, right, that if we don't care about national sides, we don't want our club sides to suffer for mm. the benefit of the national sides, whereas maybe in Germany they accepted well, it. Well, because this is where... It's a good point, man. We'll deal with this first before we move on, because... Greg, Dyer, and, and as, as I say, I'm, I'm, st- I'm, I'm with him. You know, I, th- I think he's a good. Yeah, I think he's a well, good definitely. egg, and I, I, you want to kind of support him. Everything but he, he says is perfectly fine. I think it's, but it's, he says he says he wants to stop the bog standard player coming through. But the problem is, the bog, standard, bog standard players. Are, 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 player, but no, no, no. Just the bog, he doesn't want bog standard footballers in the league. He's, he, you know, he said he said our league's clogged up by bog standard footballers. But then, he, but when you look at it, what he's effectively talking about is these are guys that are in. The, they're in Champions League spots mm. and Europa League spots. So it's not, he may consider them to be bog standard, but they're actually in teams which are being successful and keeping their supporters who pay season ticket money very happy indeed. Yeah. They're not particularly worried, which goes back to what about, like, do they then pass that on to being waving the flag or not? Mm. There's so much at stake at club football these days that um, managers and players... They, they can't go into the break, the international break, and give it their all because there's too much at stake 
for their club. Well, they're all okay. they're falling like flies as we speak. Well, like, well, exactly. but, but, but are they really falling like flies? Right. One wonders. One exactly. wonders, Chris. Uh, I mean, you know, Chris, obviously, you know, not English, but, you know, we look back to Euro 96 and how we all felt then. That feeling... No, there was a bit of it, I suppose, around 2002. But that feeling's never been there, and it's just got less and less and less. Yeah. And people don't care. No. Well, and, and, that's and, the point. And the more, of course, and, 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 and of course, because they have to contain it at Wembley as well. That's another matter entirely. Exactly. Except, on on that. and here we go: Liverpool, Man United, the weekend. One of the great games. I, I thought one of the great sort of flags, flags you could wave for the Premier League. Uh, this season, uh, and, and, and it was perfect that it was these two old mm. rivals that put together. Phil Jones, Michael Carrick, uh, Wayne Rooney, Chris Smalling, uh, Jordan Anderson, Daniel Sturridge, um, uh, Raheem Sterling and Adam Liana all in that team. There's eight blokes yeah. in that. In, so if you're looking for the argument for like, you know... In theory, I mean, it, it probably ch- if you went... If, you might go Chelsea with the centre-halves. Yeah. But Ar- probably Arsenal, only going yeah. to Arsenal for a bit more talent. Well, there's, there's four... is, this, is this not basically a gloriously good-looking yeah. England team? There's four clubs. There's uh, Newcastle, there's Arsenal, there's Spurs, and there's Man City. And those are the f- those are the four clubs that you know that are, that, that don't buy English, really. Um, you, you you've sort of said there like the the, the players that you've rammed off. It's like. There's no reason why why England shouldn't be competing at, at you know at the very very highest level of international football, but there's too much at stake. No, but the scary games. thing the scary thing is, Chris, for me here is this is jo- right. Jones and Smalling are playing in now what we're, everyone's talking about as being they're, they're the twin centre halves in the team that they said the resurgent Man United under Louis Van Gaal. They will not be England centre halves. No, uh, neither them will get picked. I, I blame I blame the media for that. They're scapegoats. I mean, they're they're easy pickings. You can you can give stick to Chris Smalling and Phil Jones because they're not very stylish or fashionable. So if they pick up the paper every morning and and and, and they see their names getting constantly banded about, you know, they're garbage, they're second rate. Uh, if it's, uh, honestly, I, I agree with you, Chris, but stuff that. I mean, England manager Dan, pick pick the damn team in front of you. And, and now I've said that, you can tell me about why Harry Kane is getting picked in front of Charlie Austin. He scored more goals. I oh, scored more goals. I think I've got, really got a massive problem in Harry Kane getting picked instead of Charlie Austin. And 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 in fact, of the four, you know, the four, I think Daniel Sturridge has dropped out yet again. But yeah, so the, so there's so the nine is open. Yeah, yeah, but they're not. I don't think he's replacing him. So. Well, well, I think, I think Danny Welbeck's going to get. Danny, well, it's a bit Danny weird. Danny probably going to get dumped again. And, and, and I find it a bit yeah. odd that he doesn't then bring up Charlie just to. See him in training for a, mm. a week. Even if well, he doesn't play, but I, mean, I think this is the point. He's, because he's in, you know, he's in struggling QPR. This fella, as he could do no more this season no. as a centre forward. Could he's been, he, great. He's been no. great. And the great thing about Charlie is that he is the hardest working footballer you'll ever see, and he works so hard on his game. Charlie is a, is exponentially a better player now than he was six months ago. Because yeah. he works, he works hard at his game. Mind you, to be fair, so is Harry Kane. And so is Harry said. Kane. And but, you know, if I was England manager, I'm sorry, I love Charlie. He, he had got us promoted, and he's keeping us within touching distance. Babe. So you'll go with touching that. You're happy to go with it, yeah. But still, Sturridge, Welbeck, Rooney, Kane, yeah, all those four are sorry in front of Charlie. But once Sturridge had dropped out, I find it odd that you wouldn't bring him up just to. You know, just to get him involved. 
That, well, Have a he, look at him in training. Well, he, he kind of done it, but he did it with Ricky Lambert, but about a year and a half too mm. late, didn't he? And yeah. he picked Ricky Lambert, who's sitting on the subs bench at Liverpool. So yeah. it's, it's just that kind of way that, unfortunately, for all this dynamic thinking that Greg Dyke's got, with Roy Hodgson, God bless Money him, speaks, I, don't, man. I don't think he's going to ever be quite the bloke who can keep that kind of Although thing. Although, Roy Money, Hodgson Money has, speaks. like, trying to bring in, he's brought in Sterling. He has looked, looked to the youngsters. He probably didn't do it quick enough, but he has mm. brought in young, younger players. For, for me, we should have, a long time ago, Gerard, yeah. the whole golden generation well, that's the, should have been gone. That's, the that's, what I, that's what I mentioned about, yes. like, you know, it's like the media, once again, mm. if... If we don't, well, if England don't play their the young players, they get they get panned for it. And if they don't, if and if they play the young players and get beat, they get panned for it as well. It's like, well, why didn't you play experience? So it's it's a lose lose situation. Which of course, uh, which of course is exactly yeah, the it's a lose lose situation if you keep losing. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're an ergo a win win if you keep. <laughs> you know, sorry, I'm, common, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying all that, but I'm assuming that's what that one. <laughs> But of course, yeah, but who knows which way that's, that one's going to go. Which brings us nicely to that Liverpool Man United game. And as I say, I thought that was. You know, it's I'm, a great game of football, though. That, was, that is why we are brand, mm. brand football, I yeah. think, around the world. Yeah. But right in the middle of that is, um, is a glorious less than a minute of Steven Gerrard mm. in a nutshell. Mm. What were your thoughts on that um, when you saw that, Chris? Did you, because, of course. The reason I ask this is because there's been plenty of reaction to well, my, it afterwards. My thoughts were probably that he was annoyed not to be picked to start with, being his last his last game against United for Liverpool. Um, there's been a lot of last Gerard games. <laughs> yeah, there has been, yeah. It's like Sinatra. I just it? think he wanted to kind of come on and make a mark. I think his tackle on Maddox. Yes, was, and thank you exactly, very much. Yeah, 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 good night. Um, his tackle on Maddox was, 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 was what everyone wanted to see. I think the first half lacked a lot of, a lot of kind of oomph from, from Liverpool. It was a little bit too... Um, well, it certainly Man United playing their half, didn't they? Well, That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I, thought, I thought United had, had the best the first half. I thought... Gerard came on and wanted to really shake it up, um, and I just think it's just you know his emotions. I think got the best of him there, but right, okay. he should be he should be experienced enough. No, you don't stamp on a player. I'll, I'll accept that phrase at this stage there, and you know this like this it's a bit like the, the NHL. It's like having your attack dog that you send on there, who yeah. just walks straight out there and and, yeah. and, and then and then, and then sticks, yeah. slices the referee's head off in, with in his the stick. Um, but. The problem you've got here with this here is that Steve Gerrard has been given... It seems to me has been given that get-out-of-jail-free card mm. for having just been... He was a bit emotional about mm. it being his final... Time. Yeah. Because, because I tell you what, and, and, and there was plenty of... And, and, and the pundits did it on the TV. Uh, Des Kelly made a very good point about it. Uh, 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 sorry, uh, yes, Des Kelly the other night in the Standard, saying it just went back to the Costa stamp. And basically, as far as that was concerned, Costa should have been sent off perhaps to a distant planet where he should have to live on his own for the rest of his life for being the evil monster that he was. He's oh, not oh, English. Ha <laughs> 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 yeah, ha! Are, are we seeing a dichotomy here? Yeah. I, 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 um, no, I, I think that's right. Spot, I, I, read, I, read a, I read a report by Henry Winter, which was, which was you know, was, was, was um, literary fellatio. Ha <laughs> ha! Stephen Gerrard for his for his did he not you know, he did, did he not step on him hard enough he did do wrong but he was a man yeah. and came out he and said, said sorry. sorry afterwards and yeah, and, and there's definitely yeah I mean 
<laughs> the view of this, by the way, that Des Kelly brought this in, like, he said there's no excuses except that he waved his studs at me. So he said, oh, well, OK, the one excuse. Mm. <laughs> That's amazing. Exactly. So his apology was a little bit flimsy yeah. in the first place, wasn't it? I mean, I, I kind of agree. At least he did stand there and go, like, oh, it was an accident. He didn't, he didn't go that, down that route, you know. It was nice I that he... Dive, you exactly. Know. It was yeah. nice that he said, I made a terrible mistake and apparently he gave a speech to the whole team mm. and the manager. Whereas on that, on that game, like, Skrittles come out today and said that he didn't, he didn't stamp You're on, on the hair. He said he did, he's denied the fact that he stamped on the hair. Which of course will get him six games. Well, he's already been given. Three, he, he, he was given a. He was given a ban. And then, and then, on the BBC site today, he's come out and said that um, he he's, he denies any wrongdoing, which is hilarious. Is that is he done, Gerard? Is, 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 I mean, this is kind of, I, I, just to, just to finish off because of course we are now. You know, we're gonna we're gonna now go off and and and, and go and all three of us. Moving into a small cave, <laughs> and and we're going to sleep for the next uh, uh, eight to ten days. <laughs> Wake up, stretch, probably eat something in the forest. But d- d- is there an element of Stephen Gerrard's career having now just disappeared up its own rectum? I don't think it should ever have been announced he was leaving that early on. I think the farewell the, tour thing. Yeah, I think they should have given it. They should have left it until... Until about now. Yeah, until about now. <laughs> until, yes. until after the stamp. You know I, mean? I think it was, it was announced too early, and I think... If Brendan, if Brendan Rodgers was his tour manager, I was getting the T-shirts yeah, printed he, he gets up. sacked. He's in real trouble, isn't he? Because Big basically time. he's halfway down the T-shirt, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I've, got yeah, to say, so. I've got to say, QPR beat Liverpool uh, 3-2 last time we survived relegation by the skin of our teeth when we were 2-0 down with 10 minutes left. Gerard in that game then looked finished to me. Mm. He... He, his pace had gone. He, at time, you know, especially in that last 10 minutes, the game was just all around him and he, he stood there like he didn't know what was going on. And at that point, I remember I, I tweeted something about to uh, Matt Dickinson, a journalist, about, you know, hey, you know we, we need to get rid of all of that golden generation, including Stephen Gerrard. He's like, no, no, we've got to keep Gerrard. Gerrard's the, the key to it. And he's not. And he, he never he, has been for England. Is he in the England squad? He never squad, has been for England. No, no, he's retired. He's done, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's he's he, he never has been for England. He never, he's never done it in a major no. tournament for England. And Stephen Gerrard is a great... Thank God Wayne Rooney's there then, so, ain't they? Exactly, yeah. Mm. He's a very good player. And Phil who, Jones and Chris Smalling. Yeah, who has never, ever yeah. fulfilled his potential for England. Ever. No. In a major tournament. And that, ever. I mean, that... That last word, He's been is, disappointing is in every major tournament we've played. And Steve Gerrard is a Liverpool legend, but he certainly is not even close to being an English ha- legend. It is interesting. Just on a, on a, just on a final way, I know it's a slightly off-key, off but where does it... Brendan Rodgers, mm-hmm. with all of the jobs he's got to do as being this, sort of, you know, this new young manager at Liverpool, has, has, has had to deal with this as well, which is almost you going like, hold on, right, right, I'm going to make Liverpool better... <clears throat> I meant to, I meant to bring these young players through. I meant to make work say, and now I've got to finesse Stephen Gerrard's last season through. That's what a- AVB had to do at <coughs> Chelsea, and then got sacked halfway through. For well, I suppose yeah. it's true, isn't it? As well? It's a tough old ass for Rogers, isn't it? Well, I think he he should have been uh, smart enough to, to tell his PR team to hold off for six months. Just it leave was it. Too early. Just leave it for yeah. six months. I don't think it takes Stephen Gerrard's people to do anything at Liverpool. I mean, you know. Well, he should have done. Do you know what I mean? So it's a nice idea. Maybe he did. I don't maybe know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe he did. I think Rodgers is, is a great manager. I think um, he was given very unfair stick uh, early on in the season when, when they threw a little purple patch. Um, 
And as somebody said in the media, I think it was Paul Merson, said that if Liverpool finish fourth in the league this season without Suarez, that's better than finishing second last season with Suarez. It's a decent argument. Well, anything in top four will do you all proud. Gentlemen, um, mm. lovely to been, see you all again. Uh, we're going to take a bit of a break because of the international football that's coming up. I know you're enthusiastic about following it and seeing just what we had to think here. But what as, is going to happen against Lithuania? Who could even begin to tell, Dan? It's tough to know. We, we don't care because we'll be curled up in our little cave enjoying each other's fur. <laughs> I'm disgusted by that thought. Mm. Gentlemen, that was the whistleblowers. Sports Social Podcast Network.